lizards. Two wizards. Um, so, feeling more magical there, buddy? Your return from the magical kingdom, the most expensivest place in the world? <laughs> yeah, so I, yeah, yes, uh, did a little travel. So if I seem a little flat or a little tired or um, still have some uh, pixie dust, some fairy dust in, in my eyes, it's uh, from some little kids like yelling that they want more cotton candy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, Mark, and yes, listeners, I, I did just come back uh, from a, from a night. But truly, it was it was really nice. It was a nice little family vacation. Um, got together with uh, some of my siblings, uh, the Mrs. Wizard and I. Went down to the old uh, Disney World there in there in Florida, and we hit up uh, the Magic Kingdom, which is like Diet Disneyland. Um, <laughs> which is yeah, it's it's really weird. Like having been to both, and yeah. I'm. I'm like my 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 family's not full on Disney people. Like we don't do like the themed outfits and um, try and like carry on a conversation with the people in the Pluto costume. Like we don't do that. But like it's a it, it's a special place. You know, we 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 would go there for family vacations for like summer vacations when we were still living in California. Um, we had. The Mrs. Wizard and I had our honeymoon in Disneyland. Uh, my folks had their honeymoon in Disneyland, so it's kind of a special thing. Nice, um, nice. But yeah, so we did. So we did Magic Kingdom, which yeah, like as, as I said, is like Diet Disneyland. It only it doesn't have all of the rides, and it doesn't have the exact same layout as Disneyland in California. So it's this weird sort of like, am I dreaming? What is this like liminal space where? Okay. Uh, Here's a Space Mountain, but there's no Matterhorn. Like what? Like what? <laughs> and mm. like yeah, like Tomorrowland is still on the you know uh, stage left side of the park. Um, but so so I mean, but but it was, it was still fine. It was still good. Um, then we did Hollywood Studios, which was kind of fun. Um, and then we ended uh, at at Epcot, which was basically there's this big kind of lake in the the middle, and that's all where. There's a lot of like kind of country little exhibits, I guess, stations, places, um, where you, where you basically you basically go around and like, uh, hey, you're in Germany, so have a have a bratwurst and drink a, a Kolsch, and then you walk fifty yards down, and now you're in Spain, so have some uh, empanadas and sangria, and you just basically like eat and drink your way across the globe. Um, so that by nice. the time you end up back at the start, you're just hammered and have all this like weird conglomeration of uh, global cuisine in your stomach, but you're happy and content. And um, and, and yes, you, you know. So so while I'm while, while I am tired, uh, and while it was a very magical experience, it pales in comparison to this magical experience, which is coming back for a new episode of the Two Wizards Podcast. That's right. Two Wizards Podcast at Two Wizards Pod C One on Twitter. Uh, welcome, listeners uh, from across the globe. My name is Josh, and I am a wizard. 
And my name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. And one day, you and I are going to go to Epcot and drink around the world. Oh, and man, like, buddy. Yeah. Then stumble back to our Disneyland hotel room, or Disney World hotel room. Because you know yeah. I booked you the Tinkerbell suite up in the... <laughs> whatever the hell and whatever. try to well, record so, a podcast we'll just be like yelling into a microphone and not record <laughs> anything but damn it it'll be a truly magical experience around the world yeah well and, and that was the other thing too this was our first time you know for the uh i think i can i can count on like two hands the number of times i've been either to land or world uh but this is our first time actually staying at one of the resorts so we were at the art of animation um we were in the little mermaid Sweet. <laughs> uh, there was a giant statue of King Triton outside. So when I had too many avocado margaritas in Mexico, uh, in Mexico world, I just knew to look for the giant statue of King Triton. It's like, you prick, treat your daughter better. <laughs> She's 16. She can make up her own. De- she, she can make her own decisions. Damn it. <laughs> or she, I just want to talk to her a little bit. So, uh, Josh, but yes, you at McDonald's, you were screaming at a Ronald McDonald statue. He thought it was Ariel. <laughs> well, you know, a little mermaid. What do you, I don't know. <laughs> a caller or an Ohio man has been arrested as a Florida yeah. man tonight. <laughs> I want to be where the people are. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> My uh, name is Mark, and I'm a wizard. Good. We're not going to do better than that. Good night, folks. No, we're not going to do better than that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yes, we are. Well, and also we are full. We are fully into Spooky Month. Um, it was kind of cool being there in the Magic Kingdom, especially. They had a lot of their Halloween decorations up, like on um, yeah, like Main Street USA. When you first walk into the park, it's this whole like, "Hey, kids, remember what life was like in uh, turn of the century America?" We. Let's not talk about Jim Crow laws or anything, but look at this neat plaza. Um, uh, but but they, they had lots of like cool scarecrows and like uh, Mickey Mouse jack-o'-lanterns and things on the uh, on the lampposts. Um, so and, and as I've said before, the, the Mrs. Wizard's favorite holiday is Halloween. So, so she had a really good time uh, good. doing that, too. And and, and and I know that we're leaning into Spooky Month uh, with our with our episodes here. Um, and there's nothing spookier than what sort of witch's brew or wizard's concoction do we have in our wizard's cups or mugs, whatever the hell. What do we have in our novelty Disney World uh, travel mugs? What do you mean you lost it? It cost me $30. What do you mean you lost it? <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, just... So many families just stressed out and yelling at each other. And then they all sit down and like refill their popcorn bucket, um, get some Coca-Cola, and then all's right in the world again. So, <laughs> so maybe that's it. Maybe that's I, I need I, I, I need some sort of thing to, to have the world be right with me. And there's nothing better, uh, nothing clearer to help me achieve that goal than what I'm drinking tonight, which is, of course, Pabst Blue Ribbon, baby. Ooh, look at you go. Man, that that needs to be like a corporate sponsorship between Disney and PBR. <laughs> Perhaps it's what your dad drank when you were watching your fruity little cartoons. <laughs> come and uh, come and do a keg stand with Goofy. At <laughs> <laughs> oh man, sad Disney. 
Sad, sad Disney. Where's Pocahontas? She's doing bumps of coke with Gaston and Mulan in the bathroom. Oh, buddy. All right. Oh, okay. But anyway, Turns yes, out the I Little am... Mermaid ain't that little anymore. She's over 18 and ready to play, Josh. I don't know what this. I don't know what this is. Like the dating game. I don't know either. Some terrible is... Fox show now that Disney owns Fox. So yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's it, it's going to be right. Come well, and now that I think the, I, I I think the writers' strike has resolved itself, but I think the Screen Actors Guild is still ongoing. So who know who knows what's what's going on with that? But um, yeah, coming to Fox, this weird. Would you date a cast member from Disney? <laughs> I just, oh, I just feel like you're the only person that ever understood me for who I was, and you got me through a lot of things. Gorge. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're off to a, to a wacky start. Anyway, Mark, what are you? Oh, gorge! I'm late for my date with Josh. Why didn't somebody wake <laughs> me up? <laughs> that was a trick or treat for you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, thank you, buddy. Thank you for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh shit, this is gonna be fun. I got the giggles already. Uh, well, here we yes, are at the sir. ten minute mark. We might as well say that I'm drinking a pumpkin ale out of Upslope Brewing, and then I have another pumpkin power from our Bugs episode last week. I saved oh, these nice. beers. They were the beers that lived. Like I was the angry, <laughs> drunk ghost that like you know opened the fridge every night to find my new victim. And I knew those kids were hiding in the in the you know closet. I knew they were in there, but I didn't kill them. Yeah, no, I killed yeah, the other kids right, under right. the beds. It's 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 when you hop into the doom buggy uh, for the haunted mansion, and you're just slowly like crawling around, and it's like, oh, it's a spooky ghost, totally not something just held up by strings. Uh, and yeah, it's just this little pumpkin beer that's kind of floating. <laughs> Ooh. Oh God! Okay, well here we Delicious. are, buddy. Delicious. Yeah, here we go. Delicious. Cheers, buddy. Here's on you. <laughs> mm, that was good. There it is. I, I, I'm also realizing that, yeah, it's that thing. Like you don't appreciate a thing when you have it. Because um, I know Lindsay had some pumpkin beer uh, for a mm-hmm. farming episode, uh, and I think there might still be one in the fridge. Um, surprisingly. But already my takeaway um, 10 minutes in is that I need to go to Saver Growl and just load up on pumpkin beer. You have the ability. Go go. think about those poor sober marks, those poor sober wizards mm-hmm. in Colorado ain't getting no damn pumpkin beer. Had to yeah. <laughs> drive through a mountain pass to get this shit. Like, I know. I know. But, but this one from Upslope, is it is it treating you well? Yeah, I'm always a big fan of Upslope. It's, mm-hmm. it's good. It's yeah. good they beer. It's work. Clean beer, they do good work. They're semi-environmentally conscious, which I guess matters these days, so I'm, I'm all about it. Yeah, 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 totally. So, uh, All right, buddy. Well, I got most of my Disney stories out of the way, although I'm sure some will, some will come up um, as we progress into this episode. We have our beverages. So, Mark, what's our topic today? You, you asked me to like prep a couple things, so I have these ready. I have an idea about what we're talking about, but... I don't have maybe the full picture. I don't have the entire picture and it's still kind of opaque. So maybe I need to like carve some little like eye holes um, and like put a candle inside so that I can see what, what is, what is our topic today? (laughs) (laughs) Oh buddy. Uh, Halloween and the spooky season draw nigh. It's the best time of the year. We both know it. Yep. But like, you know, I got one ax to grind. I've 
ground it before in the show. Mm-hmm. And it's that if you give people full bars of candy, you're an asshole. Yeah. You're you're projecting this un, unfeasible economic reality for some folks. And quite frankly, you're giving kids more sugar than they need. So tonight we're going to go with a uh, fun-sized okay. horror topic. Some ooky-spooky little bite-sized terrors, Josh. I, I think that's a great idea. Because yes, it, it is. It just... While it may give you that brief kind of glimmer to see, yeah, like a full-size candy bar, by comparison, you you appreciate um, what's left in your uh, bucket even less because it because it doesn't it doesn't stack up to having this giant Kit Kat bar or whatever. Yeah. Mm. So without any further to do, the first thing we're going to talk about, I bet you can't guess, Josh. It's scary. You don't want to find yourself, you know, in a room alone with one of them, let alone a whole group of them. And God help you if you don't have candy. That's right. We're talking about children, Josh. Bum, oh bum, bum. <laughs> Little monsters that I, yeah, just spent half a week <laughs> kind of contending with. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to ask, while you were there in the Magical Kingdom, maybe you saw these and didn't even know about it. Because um, we're going to get scary tonight. But we got scary before. We got really scary. And the first time we got scary was maybe in the summer of 1996. Future Mark Thunderclatter. A uh, local news reporter, one Brian Bethel, had to make a quick stop to pay his internet bill. So he pulled in to the local strip mall. <laughs> when you couldn't pay for things with a credit card. <laughs> Thunderclatter. <laughs> and you know how he paid, Josh? That's right. He paid with a check. What <laughs> asshole pays with checks? Well, Brian Bethel did. He was that asshole. And it was so late. It was The, the, the provider had already closed for the night. But if he figured if he you know, just dropped the little check in the mail slot, everything would be good in the morning. Mm-hmm. And he could get back to his you know 10 megabytes an hour. Yeah. Because this is 1996. <laughs> As he's filling out his check, he noted he's doing it in the light of the nearby movie theater marquee. And he looks up at the new hit movie in theaters. You want to guess what it is? Oh, God, 1996. Would that be... Um... I'll give you a hint. You want to have covered it on the show. Oh, man. I'm going to feel really dumb if I mess this up. Uh, it wouldn't be Mortal Kombat, would it? It would be Mortal Kombat. Yeah, really? Good let's job. go. Let's go. <laughs> I knew 1996 was sticking in my mind for some reason. <laughs> That's right, Josh. Brian Bethel looked up at the billboard and saw Mortal Kombat, and he thought, Oh, damn. I want to see that. But it was too bad because he had already missed the last showing of the night. Mm. So he went back to filling out his check. His reporter's laser focus was then broken when he heard a tapping on the back window of his car. Uh-oh. Okay. Brian turned around to see two kids, Josh. They were between the ages of 9 and 12 years old. The older one was taller, had curly black hair, but the younger one had kind of red hair. He was a daywalker, you could say, because they both had super pale skin and wore nondescript hoodies with the hoods pulled up over their faces. Oh, wow. Okay. The taller one spoke up. Hey, mister, we need your help. We want to see a movie, but we forgot our money. Can you give us a ride home? Mm. Now, Brian immediately had a bad feeling about these kids. Yeah. But giving them the benefit of the doubt, he, you know, before all of his terror kicked in the full blast, he said, now say, what movie are you kids going to see? Mortal Kombat. 
replied the kid. Bomb, bomb, bomb! How could the kid want to see Mortal Kombat when the last showing had already started? And that's when Brian's spider senses kicked into full blast there, Josh, let me tell you. Okay, alright, alright. He was struck with a second thought of where the hell did these kids come from so late at night? It wasn't likely that they walked here, and it was, like, irresponsibly late. Right, okay. Then Brian had a third thought, as the older child kept kind of, like, harassing him a little bit, saying things like, Come on, dude, just help us out. Let us into your car. Just take us home. It won't take us that long. And then he said, and then something else clicked in Brian's head when the tallest boy said, Don't worry, we're not gonna hurt you, we just need a ride. Brian looked up one more time at the marquee, and then back down at the boys, and quote, both boys stared at me with coal black eyes. The sort of eyes one sees these days on aliens or bargain basement vampires on late night TV. They were soulless orbs like two great swaths of starless night. Because remember, Brian's a reporter. He's going to toss in his purple pose yeah. there. Yeah, I, I, I was going to say that's a, that's a really Lovecrafty uh, turn of phrase there. So yeah. kudos to him. <laughs> The tall boy grew hostile to Brian and started shouting at him, demanding to be let into the car, even saying, we can't come in unless you tell us, tell us it's okay. Just let us in. Oh, God. Yeah, that's awful. <laughs> Instead of saying it was okay, Brian said, fuck this, and peeled out of that parking lot as fast as he could. As he spun out onto the road, he looked back in his rear view and saw the kids were gone, Josh. Whoa. Bomb, bomb, bomb. And listeners, need we remind you that this is this is 1996. This is this is not just like a bad uh, Uber. Uh, <laughs> this is not like a weird like Brian's trying to make a buck Ubering. Uh, he picked, he's, he's he stopped over there. Some people are yelling or demanding that they let that, that that he let them into his car. He draws off and then they vanish. No, no, no. This is this is well before that. <laughs> well before we yeah. Let strangers into our cars and our homes to pay for our cars and our homes. <laughs> Brian made it safe back to his home that night, and he never saw the black-eyed children again. But Josh, we just hit it right there, buddy. The black-eyed kids, or B-E-Ks, they've been seen across the world. Now, Brian is generally regarded as the first actual sighting in America. Okay. He's the one, he's like the patient zero, and he made kind of the thought bomb when he posted this event on an internet forum in 1998, and then suddenly everybody exploded going, oh my god, I have also seen these black-eyed kids. Oh man, oh god. And at least in America, they had some things in common. They always wore weird clothes, like hoodies, but they never had logos on them. You could never see their faces because they were always either looking down or had the hoods pulled up. When you did see the faces, well, that's when you saw the black soulless eyes. <laughs> but it wasn't just an American thing, Josh. Come to find out black-eyed children have been spotted throughout the UK for years and years and years. And we're going to pop on over there really quick. One of the most famous haunts of black-eyed children is a place in, called Statfordshire Forest, where people have been reporting either a child or a demon or the ghost of a child, but sometimes it's all three, will appear along paths at dusk. Oh, God. Oh, my God. That's uh, so creepy. They'll that's usually so ask creepy. you for help to try and get out of the woods. And people say, you just ignore them and walk by. Yeah, yeah. I mean, as much as I would want to say, you know, uh, help out your fellow man, 
you know, do do your good deed for the day. Um, yeah, it's it's helping out your fellow man, not not weird, creepy kids with uh, strange clothing and soulless black eyes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One young couple uh, were walk or were camping in the forest one night, and this is in 2020. And they reported being woken up, or they reported hearing kids giggling in the trees. And then they heard, like, movement in the trees. It sounded like kids dancing around in trees. They heard the giggling all night long, Josh, but they didn't see anything. Oh, my God. That's, (laughs) oh, my God, that's horrible. (laughs) I know it's been a theme here on Two Wizards lately, but say, do you remember what happened in 2020, Josh? Uh, yeah, this horrible global pandemic and, uh, like subsequent, like social upheaval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what also happened was sometime during that two teens said, fuck this. And they both broke quarantine, Josh, to meet up in the Staffordshire woods or Thunderbolts. (laughs) And they were 16 and 17. Their names have been changed by the UK mirror for privacy. Um, but you can read that as a boyfriend and girlfriend met up to go fucking a tent in the woods. <laughs> Mid-living this British-style teenage dream, they heard something coming into the woods that sounded like heavy footfalls. They looked out and saw a little girl in a weird little dress, that's a quote, mm-hmm. who was giggling. And then she seemed like she was kind of like teleporting in and out of the trees and getting closer to the tent. Uh, the, the girlfriend of the couple reported looking, looking or looking into her face and seeing nothing until she was about three feet away. And it looked like she had two black hollow pools beneath her eyes. Oh, that's horrible. So she couldn't even see her eyes just like black. That's so horrible. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) The, uh, girlfriend zipped up the tent. And both and the boyfriend and girlfriend both reported feeling disoriented and super freaked out. That's another quote. Yeah. Um, all night long, they heard giggling around their tent until the until about seven a.m. when they heard the little girl stop giggling and dancing around. The girlfriend opened the door again, saw the little girl bend down, fix her shoes, and then just dance off into the morning. <laughs> That's. For for as innocent as that phrase sounds, just dance off into the morning, that's truly like, oh my god, oh, that's so unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> when the pair escaped, they found stick totems and cairns of stones surrounding their tent. Oh, fuck For about seven that. meters out on all sides. Fuck that. Oh my god. Ugh. According to one Arthur Lee, he reported a sighting back in 2018 in April in the Birches Valley. And Josh, if you just want to nail this with your best English accent. Okay, here we go. She appeared about 100 meters in front of me. She stared right at me for about 30 seconds, then vanished without a trace. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> British black-eyed children are scary, but quite frankly, we're going to go back to America, the only country that matters. Yep. I just wanted to give you a little taste of that, because remember, these are fun-sized cases. Yeah, true, true. According to Black-Eyed Children Volume 2, by the guy who also wrote our Mysteries in Alaska book, uh, David Weatherly, hmm. there was a prison guard in the Midwest, and this prison guard's name was Paul. 
And Paul is in no way a WWE character because that's how he's described in the book as being, you know, a gigantically good man, salt of the earth. He's pr- he's a prison guard. Um, he's reported as having, you know, a back as big as a barn door. He's not Randy Macho Man Savage. Stop thinking he's Randy Macho Man Savage. I imagine him as Randy the Macho Man Savage. <laughs> Well, one day, Paul the prison guard, Macho Man Savage, gets off, you know, a long a long shift at work. I don't know how prison guards rotate, but he was really excited because his wife and kid were not going to be home. That's right, buddy. He had the whole weekend to himself to do whatever it is a giant man of his stature gets up to, likely grilling a lot of meat and, you know, bench pressing. Yeah, hell yeah. So as Paul the prison guard is preparing to put the smackdown on some steaks in the kitchen, he hears a gentle rapping at his chamber door. And then this rapping at the chamber door gets louder and louder until somebody is full-on banging on this door. Well, Paul says, not in my house. And he goes to the, open the door to see two small boys, one in a loose gray hoodie and the other shorter one in a brown hoodie. They were standing, quote, with their heads down like you do when it's raining. Now, having a boy of his own about this age, Paul knew all the local kids and apparently had a pretty solid rapport with them all. Mm-hmm. And he knew that this, you know, this wasn't a local neighborhood kid. Right, right. Yeah. And what follows is a little thing I like to call Two Wizards Masterpiece Theater. So this is the, um, the a, reta- a dramatic retelling of the events. And remember, I'll be playing Paul here. <clears throat> Can I help you? Hey, We just wanted to stop in for a bit. Do I know you guys? Maybe you think you got the wrong house. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, it's getting kind of late. Can we come in for a bit? It would be good if you just let us in now. You don't have to think about it. Just open the door and ask us in. Oh, I hate that. (laughs) At that Uh. point, Paul said, Oh, no. (laughs) And slammed the door right in those kids' face and braced it with his gigantic barn door-sized back. Mm -hmm. That's when the tapping started again, Josh. Little light knocks on the door. Just tapping, tapping, tapping. Paul then said, I realized I'd been squeezing my eyes shut. I opened them and looked around the room. I kept feeling the urge to run. I just wanted to hide. And then the knocking started again. It wasn't just little pitter-pats. It was the pound, pound, pound. Paul said no more of this, and he did what any normal American Randy Macho Man prison guard would do, and he went and he got his gun. Because <laughs> remember, he's a prison guard. He's got a gun. Oh, yeah, no, he's He's probably got a couple guns in the house. Yeah. But in the brief amount of time it took him to run into the bedroom and grab his side piece, the kids had disappeared, Josh. I. That's so bad. It's so creepy because, yeah, it is. It's like all of this is about like, you know, like a violation of like your space, like your your car, your tent when you're trying to fuck in the woods, uh, your house when you're just wanting to cook steaks and watch uh, Royal Rumble. Um, your local park trails. Yeah, it's just, ah, oh, it's so bad. Ugh. <laughs> it's no fun. But what the hell are black-eyed children, Josh? Well, the answer is we don't know, but we think we might know, but we're going to wait till I actually sit down and write a full episode for them. Okay. But we're going to say that for right now, the black-eyed children are like a fun-sized kind of Twix bar. You know, there's only one per package. Right, 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 right. Um, And and we haven't even really talked about uh, 
Yeah, the fact that, like, when there are pairs of these things, that it's only one that does the talking. That's also super, super, like, mm-hmm. just creepy. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. And then we're going to reach into our two wizards, you know, bullet Halloween candy t- treats. And, oh, look, Josh, what does this say? It's the other Twix with Black Eyed Children theories. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> you did. You did. <laughs> theory number one these are just kids being assholes that also got access somehow to giant blackout contact lenses that they use in movies and put them in with zero professional help at all <laughs> they are ghosts at least the ones in england especially mm. in the uh, staffordshire forest which is said to be haunted as shit so like saying that a region in a place that's haunted as shit is haunted is like saying there's like, you know, a, it kind of makes you stop and go, well, how haunted can this place be? Oh, it's so haunted we see little girls dancing up and down the road making stone cairns and leaving totems while me and my boyfriend can't bone down. Yeah, that's... Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> they may be demonic entities, Josh. I mean, that that's always a possibility, right? Yeah, you know, if the eyes be the window to the soul, then surely what is more corrupt than a fallen soul with completely black eyes? Bam, demons proved, maybe. Or, or, even easier to totally prove and explain away, they're aliens, Josh. Oh, right, you know, black eyes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. small, thin-limbed, giant black eyes, that sounds like a great of me. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and say, remember that super haunted forest in England that I just literally name-dropped ten seconds ago? Yeah. Well, apparently it's a centralized hotspot of horror inside of that. Inside of a super haunted spot, there's another super haunted spot, and inside that super haunted spot, there's an even more super haunted spot. We have three levels of super haunted, like, layered on top of each other. It's a place called Canic Chase. And inside that area, there's said to be a man-pig cryptid that runs around. Um... A weird type of, like, there's an entirely separate class of black-eyed children that just are there, totally behave differently than anybody else. They're just there. And they also have their own brand of small gray alien that, like, is in Holy like cow. indigenous to that one little section of land. Jeez, look at, look at them go. Yeah, like, um, we're going to get into all that later on, but, you know, little little spookiness and then we're going to reach into our bag and pull out oh what's this a Reese's pumpkin called SCP-097 <laughs> well yes uh i i think i think i can take over from there so um SCP-097 uh is a euclid class so got to got to be careful with this one it's it's not full on keter but um got to be careful here so special containment procedures SCP-097 is contained within the limits of the property where it was initially discovered. Zone SCP-097. The property is surrounded by an 8-meter tall concrete block fence fitted with barbed wire and security camera systems. Satellite images of Zone SCP-097 are to be doctored, removing all traces of the area. Um, Which I think is also what they do at Disney World. I'm pretty sure if you go on Google Maps, you can't see all the behind the scenes. Anyway, anyway. <laughs> Any and all new plant growth outside the containment area suspected to originate from within the SCP is to be sterilized through application of boiling salt water and or incinerated. Absolutely all abnormal behaviors to be reported to Dr. Bridge within 10 minutes of occurrence. 
If any personnel or their families experience hallucinations or thematically related dreams outside of containment, they are to contact Dr. Bridge to schedule treatment. Localities surrounding SCP-097, specifically redacted, are to be monitored from the 1st of April until the 1st of November every year for affected civilians. Medical establishments dealing with sleep abnormalities are to be monitored for signs of SCP-097's influence. Civilians below the age of 16 encountered alone within one square kilometer of Zone SCP-097 are to be taken into Foundation custody and are to be treated with a Class B am amnesic... Uh, am 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 amnestic? Am amnestic? Oh, we figured this out last time. It's um, amnesiatic? Something like that. I don't know. I don't uh, know. <laughs> and returned home or uh, taken to the nearest police station. Maybe they also have black eyes and they just <laughs> they're telling people, hey, let me in, mister. Um, personnel texts with the return of civilians are to avoid public exposure. Each agent is to be assigned a cover story to follow if they do encounter civilians en route to their destinations. See level three staff for details. The morning after the first frost of the year, a team of 25 agents armed with agricultural tools are to enter SCP-097 and clear away the outer plant matter. This process is not to continue past dusk. Well, whole, holy hopping horny toads here. Uh, this seems this seems pretty pretty <laughs> horrendous, whatever this thing happens to be. And SCP-097 is a 10-acre area of land in the state of Redacted in the Midwestern United States. Could it be the Buckeye State? We just don't know. <laughs> it is the abandoned remains of the Redacted County Fair 1969. Nice. An area of approximately 2.3 square kilometers or approximately 5.4 square miles. Structures within the SCP area exist in a state of moderate disrepair, consistent with the expected age uh, and environment. At the center of SCP-097 lie the remains of a 1956 GMC pickup truck, majority of which is crushed beneath a colossal pumpkin of unknown subtype, henceforth SCP-097-01. Dash 01 stands in approximately 7.4 meters or 24.3 feet tall uh, in 80, or excuse me, 8.1 meters, uh, 26.8 feet in diameter at its widest. Current estimates put SCP-097-01 uh, at approximately 15,000 kilograms, approximately 33,070 pounds. This pumpkin remains roughly spherical in shape instead of spreading out uh, under its own weight, as would be expected of a plant of its size. The remaining portion of SCP-097, approximately 2km2, is overgrown with several dozen varieties of pumpkins, all uh, with over 70 subspecies yet identified, and many previously unknown to agriculture. Many of these pumpkins have been shown capable of growing to enormous sizes, the average estimated weight being around 250 kilograms or 550 pounds. These pumpkins, along with the assorted other crops, grow with, on, and around the remains of the 1969 fairgrounds, creating a maze-like arrangement of plant life. The average height of the walls uh, within SCP-097 is 1.6 meters, though this will, may vary from year to year. Between April and November each year, the area within SCP-097 has produced a number of anomalous phenomena, ranging from benign to implicitly aggressive. To date, 17 agents have been severely maimed within SCP-097. Eight have died. See event log for a brief listing of recorded phenomena. Wow, Mark. Uh, this is only slightly concerning for me because <laughs> while it states that 097 is somewhere in the Midwest, and hey, that's where I am currently, 
Uh, and it's mm-hmm. apparently this like big pumpkin. Mark, I believe I'm on record uh, in previous podcasts telling you about this. This thing that happens yearly, like 45 minutes away from me, called the Circleville Pumpkin Festival. <laughs> so in what? So in Circleville, Ohio, every year they have this big pumpkin show, pumpkin festival, and there is a giant pumpkin contest. Whoever can grow the biggest one. Uh, it's not, you know, twenty six almost 27 feet uh, in diameter. Um, it's not 24 feet tall and it, they don't weigh, you know, 33,000 pounds, but they, they get up there. Um, actually, okay, hold on here. Let me, let me just double check here. Make sure that, uh, uh, let's see, yeah, Circleville Pumpkin Show 2023. Uh, oh, good. October 18th through 21st. <laughs> Well, hey, you can pop on there next weekend, just, bud. Just in time. Just in time. Uh, just in time. <laughs> uh, actually, okay. When, does it say when this started? Let's see here. Okay, sorry, I'm doing some last minute, last minute kind of thing here. Thank you. Uh, pumpkin show. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, sorry, where, where's the? Oh yeah, and there's also like queen. There's the pumpkin queen and little Miss Pumpkin. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Who I kind of you're kind of selling this. I'll I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, yeah no, it's crashing your uh, wizard's tower. No, it, it's awesome. It's a lot of fun. Uh, they okay. Here we go. Uh, last year's 2022, the largest pumpkins that won were 1,837.5 pounds from oh Bo- my god from Bob and Joe Liggett. Um, second place was 1,438 pounds by John Pritchard. And third was 1,347 pounds by Brandon Wiggins. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, goddamn, man. I guess I had an SCP um, just right in, my, right in my own backyard. Goddamn. Um, <laughs> uh, okay, hold on here. When is it? There, there, there's got to be a history tab here or something. Per, schedule, parades, photos, largest pumpkin. Okay, well, I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. Um, anyway, back to SCP-097. Um, in addition to uh, the immediate effects outlined in event log, uh, which I'll get to, uh, 0-1, which is the actual pumpkin, appears to produce an undetectable signal towards children in an undetermined range. For clarity, children will refer to individuals up to the age of 8, which is crossed out, but then 10. Beginning in early April, civilian children within this undefined range may become overcome with somnambulism on clear nights, a.k.a. sleepwalking. Affected children will move around their homes, stopping to face closed doorways for several seconds before moving to the next nearest doorway, eventually returning to bed. Uh, At first, this behavior will occur only once a week, beginning with only the doors on a a single floor. The sleepwalking will become more frequent by mid-August, happening every night. If forcibly awoken at any time during this episode, they will scream for several seconds before succumbing to a degree of confusion. After an affected child is awoken in this manner, the effect will cease, and the child will never show any further signs of this uh, SCP's influence. Over the course of two to three months, these episodes will become more thorough. Affected individuals seeking out each doorway inside their home, as well as those on their household's property, such as garages, car doors, and fence gates. Eventually, they will begin visiting the front doors of neighbors. 
Beginning in September, affected children who have remained undisturbed during these episodes will begin to remain outside at sunrise, uh, lying on grass near their homestead and returning to full REM sleep. Affected children may recall dreams centering around autumn activities. Between September 1st and November 1st, so we're well within this time period, if the affected children have not been awoken during the preceding sleepwalking episodes, they will cease the previously established activity during the sleepwalk and instead begin to walk directly toward SCP-097's location. They will travel over fields and down secondary roads, steadily moving toward SCP-097. Local geography consists mostly of undeveloped uh, foundation-owned property, facilitating uninterrupted travel. Upon arrival at SCP-097, an affected child will sit down before uh, 0-1 and begin singing unidentifiable gibberish as music begins to play. While a number of instruments have been recorded, simple drums and pipes are the most commonly encountered. After several minutes, childlike entities will crawl out from tangled flora or break out of larger pumpkins within SCP-097. <laughs> oh, God! The, the children will be wearing whatever they were last seen with, most often pajamas or similar clothing. Many of these entities match those children known to be lost to 0-1. The entities will surround the affected civilian child dancing and singing in a circle as 0-1 begins to emit dim light. The affected child will awaken, normally expressing a great deal of terror. The instant any vocalization is produced, the entities will swarm and kill the child. Methods used are different in each instance, but usually involve dismemberment or strangulation. At this point, any and all efforts to interrupt the entities will fail, whether through breakdown of equipment, sudden intangibility of the subjects, that's neat, uh, or express violence on part of SCP-097. After the death of the affected child, uh, 0-1, or, or rather, will split open and the entities will hurl the remains into it before climbing in themselves. Uh, -01 will then close and the music will stop. That is horrific. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, oh my God, yeah, this is a thorough. There's, okay, uh... So yeah, uh, the event log uh, de documents uh, starting from September 3rd of year redacted all the way until October 31st of this year redacted. Um, and yeah, it's pretty it's pretty thorough. I, I don't think we have to go through uh, uh, all of it here, but you know, maybe a couple highlights. Um, September 19th, Angel McRoy cuts a pumpkin's vine with machete. Severed Vine proceeds to bleed approximately 50 liters of human blood before shriveling. That's horrible. October 6th, a uh, matured pumpkin plant found to have replaced a potted plant growing inside Dr. Bridge's office. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, let's see here. October 13th, sounds of steady drums playing throughout the day from uh, 0 uh, zero, zero. Uh, to 2359 in military time. Sound of uh, uh, source of sound unknown. Recordings archived for further study. <laughs> that, so so that's um, almost mid. So midnight is zero zero. Mm -hmm. 2359 is 1159. Yes. Yeah, so so that, you turn into a pumpkin at midnight. Oh, there we go. Okay, I like it. I like it. Uh, October 25th, Zaya May's Indorata kernels fall from the sky around zero around SCP 097. Uh, does not fall within containment walls. Zaya Maze Indorata is the Latin name for flint corn. Um, ah, interesting. So, yeah. Um, oh, God, this is horrible. The very next day, October 26th, 
Research assistant O'Toole overcome with nausea and vomits pumpkin seeds. <laughs> O'Toole oh. did not eat pumpkin seeds previous to, to vomiting. <laughs> <laughs> and then the very next day, research assistant O'Toole reported to have died overnight, pouring out for research assistant O'Toole. Um, autopsy reveals thoracic cavity was filled with pumpkin seeds. <laughs> oh, God. Not unlike killer bees. Yeah, not unlike killer bees, exactly, right. Killer pumpkin bees. Killer pumpkin bees. <laughs> oh, God, there's all sorts of stuff here. Um, 29 freshly <laughs> decapitated crows are found outside the containment wall. Agent, oh, shit. Agent Long found a decapitated neck against a pumpkin. Uh, fruit trees will blossom over the course of five hours. Uh, flowers wither and fall soon after. Yeah, this this sounds pretty horrible. Yeah, doesn't sound like fun. No, 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 no. Uh, definitely not the experience I had at the Circleville Pumpkin Show. We had pumpkin chili and ate pumpkin cake and drank pumpkin beer and um, had a marvelous time. <laughs> <laughs> I had fun and didn't get turned into a giant pumpkin at all. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Yeah. That's that's just pretty horrible. Like I I know that we're typically you know we we we're we have said many times just how excited we get for autumn and for spooky season. But that that seems a little that, that seems a tad excessive to me. Just a bit. Just a, just bit. a bit. You know, giant parasitic <laughs> pumpkin god. If uh, Lovecraft ever wrote, it's it's the great pumpkin Charlie Brown. That's what this one. <laughs> That's what this should turn into. It's the great pumpkin, Randolph Carter. <laughs> it's the great pumpkin out of space, John. <laughs> Don't you see? It sucks and it burns, and then you get filled up with seeds. <laughs> Although we have, we, we, we have already, we, uh, well, and this was a couple weeks ago, we purchased our... First of, I mean, probably seven uh, pumpkins. We'll, we'll, now, now that we're truly in, in, in the thick of it, yeah, we'll, we'll get at right. least like three or four more pumpkins um, out on the front. But, uh, um, yeah, like, was that, I mean, seems like kind of an obvious question. Like, that was a pretty, that was a pretty big deal in your household was to carve up jack o' lanterns and do all that. Until we moved to the country and our closest neighbor was like a half mile away. And then it was like, well, yeah. we don't get trick-or-treaters because our driveway is 200 yards long. So Yeah, I, I think it does tend to be a little more situated in urban areas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we would always, yeah. <laughs> at least growing up, we would do, we would do t- two pumpkins. Um, yeah, like two, two jack-o'-lantern stuff. Um, oh, nice. nice. But, uh, so I, I think we did. I think we, then I don't know, maybe eventually it got to the point where like, all right, each kid gets their own pumpkin because we're tired of them arguing about what it's going to be decorated. <laughs> so, and, and then, <laughs> oh, yeah, God. and then, yeah. and then we did, we, then we did have pumpkin seeds for days. We toast those bad boys up in the oven and, um, yeah, just gorge ourselves on those and then throw them up afterwards. Cause we ate so much. <laughs> <laughs> but oh shit <laughs> yeah no nah, anyway sorry so uh so yeah that is uh scp 097 um pumpkin patch pumpkin field 
the old yeah. fairgrounds. Yeah. It's the great pumpkin Charlie. It's the old pumpkin Charlie Brown. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, something, something horrific. That's all I know. It's something horrific. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I can't believe I haven't, like, looked this up before. Um, there's a YouTube channel, SCP Explained, Story and Animation, and they have an entry for uh, 097 Old Fairgrounds oh, that shit. looks pretty fucking awesome. Um, I guess I know what I'm watching as soon as we're done recording here. <laughs> That's Holy shit, okay. So, yeah, for our future SCP episode, I don't know, maybe we'll hop onto this YouTube channel and... Give them some shout outs too. Um oh, yeah. this looks pretty this looks pretty badass. Right on. <laughs> anyway, uh uh I hope this spooky, spooky old fairground Circleville pumpkin show, I hope that didn't dissuade you from drinking more pumpkin beer because if I'm stuck with PBR, I want you to have a good time. <laughs> oh baby, I'm stuck with Crooked Staves uh pumpkin power, pumpkin ale. Oh. It's one of the little <laughs> pumpkin skateboarding. It's a seven percent alcohol. They're amazing. I Okay, I'm so bummed nice. I live in Alamosa where these things don't exist in the wild. Which again, man, like, yes, we finally uh, uh, overturned prohibition. But why isn't there like a mail order uh, booze service? Oh, I know. It doesn't, makes, makes no damn sense. Any mm-hmm. sort of like, lest I speak even more evil into existence, um... If there's any presidential candidate before 2024 that promises to, like, let me ship you all this good beer that I get out here, <laughs> he or she is going to get my vote. <laughs> here, here. Wh- whoever that happens to be. Here, here. But anyway, here's... <laughs> Boy, here's that's a treat I'm not ready for this election season. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just may be a simple SCP Foundation research assistant, but I know what you're... <laughs> I know what's never-ending pizza box. Yeah. <laughs> if you vote for me, you'll get a, a, a never-ending pizza box in every kitchen, and uh, and a, a haunted ice cream truck in every garage. <laughs> in every garage, making jobs. Every garage. <laughs> Oh, oh dearie, dearie, dear. All right, I just got to well, break hey, character and say how good this goddamn pumpkin beer is. I'm sorry. I just hell gotta... yeah. No, hell yeah, dude. <sighs> so good. It I is, yeah. Just best time of year. Well, and even because, yeah, uh, what was that? A couple, I guess a couple weeks ago now, um, uh, Jeff, oh, God, Jeff All, Allworth um, is like a big beer aficionado. Uh, on our homebrew episode, I, I dropped him as a source, and so I follow him on Twitter. And yeah, he had this whole thing. He he had this tweet recently about like, hey, is it actually like, have we all collectively changed our minds about pumpkin beer and we've stopped hating on it? Like, can we just enjoy pumpkin beer now? And I did. I, I fired off oh, the spicy yeah. tweet. And I, and I tagged you and I was like, man, whoever, uh, yeah, when was pumpkin beer not great? Because uh, you and I will, will take on anybody who says otherwise. Oh, you're um, goddamn right. Goddamn right. They don't again. They don't know. They don't know how good they have it until it until it's gone, or they just forget to buy it. <laughs> They're making you throw up pumpkin seeds. They're knocking at your um, uh, do, at your front door when you're just trying to have a relaxing day off of work. 
Um, but hey, you, you know, maybe I maybe I'm feeling that I'm not me when I'm hungry. Maybe I need to reach back into my jack-o'-lantern basket, <laughs> pull out another little, pull out a, another little fun-sized hoarder here. So, 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 Mark, what what do you have next for me and for our listeners here? Well, buddy, pumpkin-based treats are great. We love the great pumpkin, I'm, or the you know old fairgrounds, whatever that's called. But yeah. and I reach in and I pull out. I got a rock, <laughs> and this rock is from a hillside in Korea, Josh. Okay. All right. All right. In May of 1951, the Korean War was still in its freshman year. Remember, it lasted for four years. It was still a fresh-faced freshman. Just think about that. <laughs> it was also it also found one private first class Francis P. Wall stationed with his regiment about 60 miles north of Seoul, uh, liberating local villages around Chor One with heavy artillery. Hmm bombing locals they were bombing locals because they thought they were communists but it was a police action it's okay lasted four years lots of people died before they begun their day of liberating and showing people how good america and uncle sam and capitalism could be uh, multiple people in the company looked up to see a giant jack-o'-lantern floating down from a nearby mountain okay all right this giant jack-o'-lantern descended through a cloud layer above the mountains so you know it broke through the cloud layer and kind of just wafted down the valley alongside the mountain against the wind matter of fact it looked like it was heading toward the village that was about to get liberated uh the u.s soldiers entered into their diplomacy tactic of the time and they began shelling the shit out of whatever was in front of them (laughs) which happened to be the village and the pumpkin oh man okay all right all right and i gotta tell you josh american gis used bombardment it wasn't very effective According to Private First Class Wall, we noticed further this object would get right into the center of the airburst of artillery and yet remain unharmed. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. The unidentified Great Pumpkin, however, had an attack of its own and would flash a bright orange-yellow light. Huh. That's okay. That's super weird. Okay. All right. All right. (laughs) Uh, mind you this is as it's still descending down like it's getting hit with artillery barrage and it's just flashing orange um as the bombardment continues the ufo lantern landed across the middle of the village and began to pulsate blue and green ah that's so weird okay all right wall then reported grabbing an anti-tank rifle which had armor-piercing rounds and taking a couple shots at it and it made a hopkinsville goblin-like Plink! When it got hit. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. It then flashed brightly, Josh, but it was flashing beams of light like anti-air spotlights in all directions and erratically. It did this for a couple minutes and then blasted up off into the sky with zero warning. It was at that moment that all the men in the American, or all the American soldiers felt an odd tingling throughout their bodies, but it only lasted for a second. The next feeling they felt was utter victory because they proceeded to liberate that village from, you know, the Chinese and beat the ass of an unidentified flying pumpkin. Go America. This is one you showed the boys back home. Americans beating the reds and the oranges. Americans. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Pumpkin beer's making me silly. No, I I love it, buddy. (laughs) 
Now I know what you're thinking. Mark, what the hell? A jack-o'-lantern descends from the mountains, flashes light, and flies away, and some soldiers take it off as a victory. How the hell do we know all this? Well, Josh, the hell of all this comes from an interview direct or conducted with that private wall by one John Timmerman from the Center for UFO Studies in 1987. Okay, all right, all right. So, yeah, this is a couple years post-Korean War, just a little bit. Uh, this is, mm-hmm. you know, just a little bit far away. But there's also the 37 accounts from all the soldiers in Wall's company, as well as, multi- as, well as a handful of other reports from the soldiers who had to come rescue the entire company. I, oh, okay, okay, wow, okay. <laughs> now... What did they have to rescue him from, you're asking? Well, Josh, I'll tell you, buddy. They got sick. The entire company got super sick from what they called dysentery. Um, All at once, three days after this initial action occurred, all 37 men in the company were stricken with, you know, nausea, vomiting, uh, upset stomach, diarrhea, the whole works. They were (sighs) fucked up. They were super bad. It was so bad that emergency roads had to be cut through the Korean jungle forest mountain terrain to pull out these 37 men. Oh my god. Because they horrible. were too weak to walk. The medics in the or the medics in the company, they reported dysentery. The medics that got there and looked at it also took some blood. And you know what that blood revealed, Josh? A super high white blood cell count and skin lesions. Ugh. You know what that sounds like to me and to those, you know, guys that were there? Radiation poisoning. Yeah, I was just going to say, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, theories range as to what was seen, um, and the answer is something to the tune of, we just don't know. We know that multiple UFO reports came out of the Korean War. That's just Mm -hmm. a given. Uh, We also know that the English and the Americans weren't the only ones who stole a bunch of, you know, secret German science at the end of the Second World War. Hmm. That is, I mean, yeah. The Russians also had their own version of Paperclip. And they were the ones funding the other side of the Korean War. They were the ones supplying the Chinese with, you know, troops and arms and all that good shit. So why not a giant pumpkin war? Yeah. I mean, it... <laughs> Man, I'm... Okay. This is this is where my mind went. What's the, what's the Obi-Wan Kenobi quote about a lightsaber... About the it's an elegant gun. weapon of a more civilized age. Yeah, an elegant weapon of a more civilized age. Maybe that. Maybe that's what we need to go back to. <laughs> it's a pumpkin. <laughs> it's a literal pumpkin. Literally. All the Star Wars is just Luke beating a dude in the head with a moderately sized pumpkin. <laughs> well, yeah, and that. Well, and it could be other kinds of gourds and squashes. <laughs> Yeah, Darth Maul rolls up and, like, he's got the one, like, you know, six-foot-long zucchini your mom had grew in her garden this year. And then, <laughs> and he, you know, unveils the other side and, oh, my God, a double six-foot zucchini saber. Oh, no. <laughs> you know, all I'm saying is how many wars could have been stopped? How... How much loss of human life uh, and property could have been prevented if our most advanced weapon was just pumpkins? You knew my father in the Gord Wars? <laughs> Gord Wars. <laughs> I mean, 
actually can still be radioactive if that helps. You know, we could still make them. We could still make radioactive pumpkin bombs and stuff. But (laughs) 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 oh god! (laughs) Oh shit! I don't even want to continue. I. I... (laughs) Oh man! So. Sorry if I completely derailed us there. <laughs> nah, just... you know what? It's cool, dude. That's the that's the real horror here is fucking radioactive <laughs> pumpkin bombs are more fun than fucking pumpkin shaped UFOs. <laughs> well, well, and 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 like that's okay. And then now here's another tie-in crossover. Now the Green Goblin from the Spider-Man universe. He's he's throwing pumpkin bombs. So we just yeah we just kind of take that and uh, use that. <laughs> Anagasayo, Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, <laughs> oh, God. it probably wasn't the Green Goblin. It probably wasn't probably, radioactive probably pumpkins. Yeah. Um, it might not have been Russian, you know, captured Wunderwaffe. Um, hmm. But I wouldn't be a good American, Josh, this being a Halloween episode that we do in October. If I didn't get way too excited about shit way too early and say, mm-hmm. hey, remember a different crossover we had around Christmas time and we were pretty sure it was Jesus? Let's talk about Jesus because okay. we've already covered a case, Josh, about, you know, how Jesus gives you cancer or doesn't with our Cash Landrum mm-hmm. event. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. These 37 guys didn't get, you know, Cash Landrum style cancer, but they did get what they would appear to be by all people, you know, there as pretty decent amounts of radiation poisoning i mean it would make yeah it would make just as much sense as as anything else um it is it it is it is also kind of weird that yeah like as they were uh throwing up their flak their their anti-aircraft fire um that the thing seemed to be like going like towards that that's also kind of that's weird. Yeah, too. yeah. Unharmed, just goes right into it. Doesn't matter. It's yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's um, and then getting know, shot with like... the anti tank round, and it just plinks. Yeah. <laughs> Goblins confirm. Go- Goblin tech confirmed. Goblin. Josh, son of a bitch. Tech- son of a bitch. Goblin tech confirmed. Oh shit! Did we you have... hear my head blow there, listeners? Because I put it in. Yeah. No. Uh, I think we need to tell the rest of Wizard Twitter because uh, this could. This could change everything. <laughs> this could change everything. Jesus, the great pumpkin that gives you cancer. <laughs> is all goblin tech. <laughs> it's all goblin tech. <laughs> just uh, just a false flag. Just a false flag for, for goblin tech. <laughs> Goddamn goblin commies. <laughs> Commie goblins. <laughs> goblins. Oh, my lord. Oh boy! Oh man! So pumpkin-based UFO maybe that gives you cancer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know what else that gives is, you cancer, Josh? Sugar. What's that? Yes, yes, it does. It will fuck you up. You know what color sugar is? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it, when it's processed and refined, just it's say white. white. I just fun. want you to say white. Just okay, say it's yes. white, Mark. Okay, yeah, white. <laughs> it's it's. It's white, Mark. <laughs> That's right, buddy. You know what else is right? Or is you know what else is white? Bones. And this time of year, Josh, we see a lot of spooky, scary skeletons all around us. Yes. They make great yep. decorations. They're hilarious. Mm-hmm. I see shit like, you know, spiders in my local grocery store. 
as skeletons. And it's like spiders yeah, don't have right, skeletons. Yeah. That's not how spiders work. But yeah. way to go, guys. What's next? A jellyfish yeah. skeleton? I don't care. I'm here for yeah. it. Well, I I have seen I've seen octopus skeletons. Um, yeah, at that same. Yep. Uh, we, oh, what was it's it's uh, uh the, the 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 kind of box store chain out over in these parts is called At Home. Okay. Um, and yeah, it is. It's a, it's about yearly. The Mrs. Wizard just gets super fired up and like we need to buy more Halloween decorations, and so we go there, and yeah, we see yes the uh, the uh, the spider skeletons. We see the octopus skeletons. We see some other like clearly non vertebrate things, um, or or even things that are vertebrates. Like oh, here's a cat skeleton, uh, but it's showing like bony ears. Like no, that's not. <laughs> Like I get why you do that to like show that it's a cat, but it, but they don't have bones in their ears. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think. But but also like you're saying too. Uh, out of out of all the kind of creepy monsters and uh, 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 spooks and, and things like that, there, there there does just seem to be something inherently comical about skeletons. Like sure, like maybe a skull is creepy. But a full-on skeleton doing like its xylophone, do 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 do, do like it, you just laugh, you just laugh, you like you poor bastard, <laughs> <laughs> you poor bastard, you poor goofy fuck, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now I don't know about you, but nothing pisses me off more when I was a kid thirty years ago at this point. Well, not that long, but I'm old as balls now. Mm-hmm. Um, but nothing pisses me off more than I'd go through my candy and I get those goddamn smarties. So this oh, is yeah. our goddamn Smarties of ooky, spooky, spooky skeleton-based terror. Yeah. Say, Josh, did you know there was an early type of cryptid reported with some frequency in Europe starting in the late 1200s? Uh, what what might that be? It was a skeleton! Blah! <laughs> According to court records... In the year of 1293, a walking skeleton was counted among the guests of King Alexander of Scotland's wedding. Oh, wow. He just showed up, did some skeleton shit. Apparently, he hung out, danced around, didn't really do anything. I just imagine, like, clattered, you know. (laughs) Maybe did the bit with, like, you know, oh, I'd love to get up there and hammer out some tunes on the the pipes, but I got no organ something. I don't fucking know. I'm not here to write bit for the skeleton in 1293, but what I can tell you that happened just nine short years later, totally unexpectedly, King Alexander died. Bam. Still in your wedding, only, nine years later, you're going to die. That's what happens. Only, only nine years later? What? Only what nine a, years later and mysteriously. What a horrible portent. Oh, no. <laughs> this also comes out of the Inhumanoids, and I forgot the author's name, but... It's a good book. Just search in humanoids, you'll get it. Okay. Okay, nice. Um, we're also told that the beaches of Ireland are frequent were, were were sorry, were frequently haunted by a walking skeleton known as the Yellow Phantom. Okay, that's kind of cool though. Yeah, apparently so either okay, so the Yellow Phantom would appear as a skeleton, sometimes be wrapped in like a shawl. Mm. So you know Skyrim skeletons, the ones that are a little bit stronger. They're wearing yeah. the like wrap, yeah, mm-hmm. that. He's like a level ten skeleton. But so on moonless nights he carries a lantern, and then on full moon nights he just walks alone up and down the beach. 
Okay. So people, right. it's literally just a metaphor for don't go onto the beach at night, you're going to die a drunk Irish bastard. And you look out there and you go, there's the yellow phantom out there, I see him. <laughs> you best not be walking home in a ghost story, boy. You're in one. I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> we also did Pirates of the Caribbean and plenty of plenty of skeletons there. At least Tons. Especially in the... In the first part, yeah, the first part when you're going down the flume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, our last little segment in our tiny little Smarties fun size comes out of 1875 in Crowling Hall in Cumberland, England. Now, this one is important, Josh, because it's actually reported and, like, it's been recorded as, you know, quote-unquote fact. It's 1875, so, you know, take your block of salt with it. But, um... Mm-hmm. The household at Crowling Hall was awakened by the screams of one Miss Amelia Cornwall. Her brothers Michael and Edward kicked down her bedroom door to find a large skeletal figure leaping out of her window and running across the field into the moonlit night. Mm. Inside the room, Amelia was dead. Her neck and shoulders were torn apart by what looked like claw marks. Multiple villagers that evening also reported being attacked by some mystery-type bonemen. Okay, that, okay, again, all right. Giving some credit, that, that, that is at least scary, instead of some goofy little... <laughs> it's kind of fucking scary, right? Like, around. yeah, no, that is, that's, I, but, but, but I, I think it's also some of the other details about this poor woman getting, like, ripped up um, from the shoulders up. Yeah, that's... Yeah. 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 That's. Oh, I'm sorry, Josh. There's a little bit extra here in this ooky spooky bone man bullshit. Well, because there's always just when you think you've powered through this roll of Smarties and you can get back to actually good candy. No, it's like, ah, shit, like some fell out of the wrapper and it's in the bottom of my bowl. And do I clean it? Do, Do I just like eat it now? Do I try to ignore it? And. So it makes sense. There's there's maybe one kind of like s- slipped out of our grasp here. <laughs> yeah, it's you know we're gonna suck all the moisture out of our mouth one more time tonight. <laughs> <laughs> on on January the twenty first, eighteen seventy nine, a man was driving his horses home when he was stopped in the road by a completely black skeleton which ran out of the woods and jumped onto the back of one of the man's horses, causing both horses to totally panic and bolt out across the snowy snowy road into the deep, dense forest. The driver was able to beat off the bony black man with a whip and eventually scared it off. It just ran off into the night. I mean, that would also be... Yeah, that that would be pretty terrifying. It, it, it's weird though that it's yeah, completely black and at night on mm. a full moonlit night though. We should be clear, which I think yeah, is super true. cool. Goddamn black skeleton, like yeah. oh, that's cool. That is yeah, no yeah yeah that that is that is pretty that's that's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah, um, this this unnamed beater of bones then promptly drove his horses out of. The what, Josh? That's right. The Staffordshire Forest. That's right. I brought that shit <gasps> back around. <laughs> no! <laughs> it's all spooky. It's all Mars candy. <laughs> it's the illusion of choice. It's not. It's $30 a bag. <laughs> 
Just just when you thought you were out of the woods, listeners. Oh no. Goddamn, goddamn Stratfordshire Forest. <laughs> spooky, spooky bullshit. Just like oh, the worst. Man. Just the worst Scooby Doo villains of all time. <laughs> yeah, straight Why, up. Zoink, Scoob. I can't believe I lost my horse to the black skeleton. The red skeleton. Oh, man. Well, I don't know about you, buddy, but I sure am stuffed full of candy that was meant for the trick-or-treaters here in our wizard's tower. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I don't know about you. I just kind of feel like something's missing, maybe. Like, this was a really good two wizards. You know, we had some, like, ooky-spooky haunting bullshit. We had, like, some urban legend, you know. We we had Yoke, or or we we had a trip to the SCP Foundation, you know, that tied and true old standard but God help me, Josh! I just wish I had like a little bit of Halloweeny yokai, and oh my God, is that a final piece of pumpkin candy here in our wizard's candy dish? It it could be, and if we're really lucky, it's it's a it's a uh, Reese's pumpkin uh, uh, cup thing. And actually, I, I think I hear a trick or treater outside of my door. Um, <laughs> hold on, hello, hello, trick or treat. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, you got you got scooped. You're 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 this uh, little this little kid with completely dilated black eyes saying, "Hey, just let me in. I won't interrupt your podcast. Uh, I just want to come in here. I won't shit in the litter box. Uh, <laughs> I just want to hang out. Uh, I'm not gonna totally take a shit. <laughs> yeah." <laughs> Uh, but to your point, Mark, uh, yes, we, we, we do have one, one last little bit of, bit of, um, fun sized, uh, spooky goodness here. And, and yes, in this sort of, uh, um, uh, wide variety of candy offerings. Yes. This is like the cool Japanese candy that you have to like do a, do like a food of the world subscription box, uh, to 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 get normally uh but here it is this is the sunamura no onryo uh aka the ghost of sunamura uh and this uh yokai lives fittingly enough in pumpkin patches uh and so according to our dear um uh resource yokai.com the sunamura no onryo is a walking pumpkin monster Its body and limbs are formed of a tangled mess of pumpkin vines and leaves. Its head is a heavy, bright orange pumpkin, which it struggles to carry around in its thin arms. Uh, Yes, Quincy. What would you do with one of these? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. What would you do if one of these came up? You would probably lose your mind and then flop on the floor. Um, Anyway... Uh, according to legend, this spirit appears night after night in the village of Sunamura and chased people. Um, and so Sunamura was a neighborhood in what is now Koto City uh, in Tokyo. During the Edo period, it was famous for its pumpkin production. So maybe there was the Sunamura uh, pumpkin show uh, back in the day. Um, today, it has been fully swallowed up by municipal mergers and no longer exists, although some parts of Koto City still contain remnants of its name. 
And uh, Sunomura no Onryo appears in an 1858 yokai-themed board game illustrated by Utagawa Yoshikazu. Each square of the game board features a different spirit from around Japan. It's pretty neat. Um, Monopoly Yokai Edition. I gotta guess. catch them all. Something like that. Got it. Gotta catch them all. Uh, Sunomura no Onryo appears next to famous yokai such as Kappa and Yamabiko, suggesting that at one time it would have been a well-known yokai which players would have recognized. Unfortunately, no contemporary documents detailing its story survive, and all other details about it have been lost to history. Well, isn't this again just a bit of a tease where, hey, we thought we had uh, this like pumpkin Reese's here. Nope, it was just an empty wrap. Uh, rapper. Uh, that's, <laughs> but it was a commemorative rapper, and you got to collect all ten but commemorative rappers. And it is, it summon is, and advertising Exodia. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the um and the illustration um uh courtesy of Matthew Meyer is is pretty freaking sweet. It is just this almost a Tangela uh, going back to the Pokemon um s- sort of looking body. And it's holding this big, fat, sad pumpkin head, but just barely. You can kind of see it's it on too like, almost, heavy for it. <laughs> this poor little, this poor little spindly arms. Which, um, in fifth grade, uh, we had a, a school-wide pumpkin carving contest. So we had to walk like you know four or five blocks from the school to this grocery store, uh, to the supermarket, to, to to pick up our pumpkins. And so little spindly, lanky fifth grade Josh. Uh, was struggling to carry the, his heavy pumpkin. So I have lots of sympathy for Sunamura no Onryo, uh, <laughs> trying to carry this heavy-ass pumpkin, and you're just nothing but, like, basically beanstalk. I was a beanstalk trying to carry this pumpkin <laughs> Four city blocks. Uh, and that was the first time, as, as weird as it sounds, that was the first time I experienced delayed onset muscle soreness. Uh, oh, shit. Yeah, whatever it, whatever day that was, we carried it back, and you know, I was, I was struggling to carry it, but I finally made it back to school. I, I didn't drop it, um, and I woke up the next day, and my biceps were just burning, and I'm like, "What is this sensation?" Uh, and it's all been downhill since. It's all been downhill. The the trick I that keeps in, on treating delayed onset muscle so. soreness. Yeah, I yeah, I, I guess that's it. Yeah, yeah. Either the trick that treat, keeps on treating, or the treat that keeps that keeps on tricking. Because as soon as you tell yourself, "No, this time is I'm really committed to lifting this time," and then you just have to suffer through those two weeks of <laughs> getting back into gym shape. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> oh man, buddy. Well, it, but but yeah, this was I think this was a delight. I think this was a lovely again little fun-sized episode with fun-sized little spooky creatures um across the gamut of things that interest us uh here in our wizard's tower. We we did some some ooky spooky bullshit. We did some some cryptidy bullshit. We did um some historical uh, we did some like science fictiony stuff. We we did SCP. We did yokai. This was, I think, yeah. We dumped out our pillowcase full of candy, and and we had a nice we had a nice spread here, um, and no boxes of raisins or anything like that. <laughs> no boxes of raisins. <laughs> yeah, you know, just a little, little you know, mid October break. I'm sure everybody's getting sick of like ooky spooky shenanigans already because 
you know, there's that dude at your office that gets into Halloween in goddamn August and you're just over it or your kid yeah. won't shut up that he wants to be Elsa and you're like, I don't know any current Disney movies. Why did I pick Elsa? Things like <laughs> this. But yeah, just I wanted to mix it mm-hmm. up and get kind of stupid. I'm sorry to the Korean UFO pumpkin, but you just are so stupid. <laughs> but, but, but it did lead me to on the track of another book that I bought. I bought like three books this week, which I probably shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. But hey. That just means yeah. that these little bite-sized episodes are all going to be big-sized episodes later on yeah. down the line. Uh, Christmas is coming, mm-hmm. kids, so we'll just see what old Wiz- Wizard Mark stuffs in your knowledge stocking, huh? <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, and that's precisely it, too, right? It's like, so many people, uh, immediately after Halloween and trick-or-treating, they just, they just gorge themselves on that candy. And then they feel, like, sick the rest of the week. Uh, everyone else who like kind of rations their trick or treat candy throughout, you know, the next like week or so, they they get to experience the the prolonged, the uh, delayed gratification, versus like you're saying, the dude who dresses up in August already and like gets all of his Jack Skellington bullshit out. Uh, no, so, so this was this is just a, a light little. Like, hey, just a just a, just a little bloop, just just a little drop, and we're going to be doing more of that. We're we're going to, as we actually get to uh, the end of the month and Halloween, we'll we'll have some more properly spooky episodes. We're doing a sort of delayed um, thirty-one days of Halloween watching. Uh, you 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 have been sharing some of your um, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah watch lists. And I think I, you know, I've, I've said many times that that I'm a pussycat and I don't really do the horror stuff, but may, but maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year. Much like with our uh, sister podcast, uh, can't wait to show my kids. Maybe this is the year where I get caught up on my cinema uh, gaps and I watch like the canonical horror films. I so I so I sit down and actually watch Poltergeist or whatever. Uh, <laughs> And then just like curl up in a blanket and freak myself out. So, so <laughs> we still have, we still have so much more. We still have so much more uh, for you, our amazing, wonderful listeners, as we as we continue to to roll into um, this this spooky month. Um, so, 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 Mark, those of our listeners who who want to join in, uh, maybe they've had some visited by the Black Eyed Kids. Uh, maybe they have an older relative who served in the Korean war and had some experience with, uh, I almost called it potato UFO, not potato (laughs) UFO, even though that's kind of what it was. Uh, pumpkin UFO. Um, (laughs) listeners, do you want to have a first ever two wizards fan club meet and greet, uh, at the circleville pumpkin show? Get in contact with us. Tell us. We'll make arrangements. We'll get a plane ticket for Mark, and we can make that happen. Uh, so, so let us know. Get in touch with us. Uh, find us on Twitter at Two Wizards Pod C One. Send us an email uh, to Two Wizards Podcast at Gmail dot com. We're active on Facebook and on Instagram. Uh, I'm I'm doing Twitter. You can find me there at Plaid Barbarian. Um, I, I I've, I've been separate related to this. Uh, I'm doing like a daily classics twitter kind of uh her her ray here's like we're, we're doing um yeah sort of things about like mythological characters now uh so you can find whatever silly things i do with that um 
there on there on the old Twitter. Uh, Mark, how, how how about you? What are some other things you have going on? What are some other things that uh, High Hammock Radio has going on? Uh, and how can people find out more? Um, if you were into this bite-sized, ooky, spooky bullshit that was tonight, you can check me out on the uh, I Can't Wait to Show My Kids podcast, where we do. We fill in gaps in our cinematic knowledge. Um, I'm pretty sure Johnny and Josh are going to be on here pretty quick in the future, as soon as their tickets okay, come up, nice. so to speak. Um, but right now, we are firmly rooted in ooky, spooky. Um, so far, I think we watched In the Mouth of Madness. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, John Carpenter does... H.P. Lovecraft, what could go wrong? Um, or, or you can find me on the Dangle Podcast, a weekly retrospective rewatch of King of the Hill. Uh, me and our buddy Johnny are like midway through season 12 right now. And yeah, I don't know. It's getting kind of weird over there. I'm not going to lie. Like <laughs> one week we hate ourselves and like want to run off into the haunted forest. And then the next week I'm just like, Mm-mm, give me more of these King of the Hill style Reese's pumpkins. I don't know. But we're we're good. Yeah. We're doing good over there. Okay. Find me, Marky Stardust. Come talk to me over there. Um, and yeah, you know what? If you guys have ooky spooky bullshit in your past, God, I want to know about it. I know y'all got like granddads that served in some war. Or hey, teens, I know the teens are out there. What up, fellow youths? What did your dad <laughs> do in fucking Afghanistan? Tell us about that too, because spookiness is a lot like love, and you find it when you're not looking for it. Uh. But yeah, yeah, in the meantime, thank you for listening. Thank you for letting us be a part of your day. Go do that five-star deal. Don't be a, you know, asshole who gives out almond joys and two stars. And uh, yeah, my (laughs) name is Mark, and I am a wizard. And my name is Josh, and I am a wizard. Join us for more amazing, wonderful Halloween uh, uh, chicanery. And if you happen to find any black-eyed kids or... I mean, I, I think you know what to deal with that. And then if, like, you find a walking skeleton, just just laugh at it. Just laugh in your face. See, like, you lame piece of shit. Get out of here, you stupid skeleton. <laughs> Why don't you go do a dumb dance or something? Why don't you go play the xylophone on your ribcage? Because <laughs> we're just bullying skeletons now, I guess. Oh, man. Skeletons, can, skeletons are made of bones, Josh. But you know what they can't do? They can't participate in ham boning. Clink, 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 clink. Good night, guys. All right, everybody. Take care. <laughs> he rolled upon his back, and after that, I killed.